You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I'm your host. On this episode of the podcast, I chat to Sophie from at sophies.little.library and Sarah from at the.pages underscore. We have a chat about their bookstagram accounts and then play a game of reading challenge roulette where I have put in a whole range of prompts all surrounding female authors and their works. This is in celebration of International Women's Day. And just to let you know, there are no spoilers on this episode. I hope that you enjoy. Hello, Sarah and Sophie. Welcome to the Bookstorian podcast. Hello, how are you? Hi. I'm well, thank you. I'm looking forward to talking about female authors with you both. It is all for International Women's Day, which is happening this week. So to kick us off, I have an icebreaker question. And the icebreaker question that I want to ask you is, what book is home to your favourite female protagonist? Sarah, I'm going to ask you to go first. All right. Um, mine was an instant thought. It is definitely Selena Sadothian from Throne of Glass, which is my new obsession. Um, and yeah, I think I just, I'm obsessed with her. I've got like artworks on my wall of her now. It's a bit pathetic, but I'm very obsessed with her. And that's by Sarah J Mass. if surely everyone knows by now. <laughs> Hopefully. I, um, I look, I really struggled with that series I um I tried to pick it up to tide me over until A Court of Silver Flames came out, but I just I got to the third or fourth book and I, I couldn't do it anymore. That makes me really sad. Please never say those words again to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different from the Akota series though. Like it's very different. So I can understand. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your understanding. <laughs> Sophie, what about you? What book is home to your favorite female protagonist? I found this so difficult, so I had to go for a recent read. Um, in the book Still Life by Sarah Winman, um, I read a couple of weeks ago, there's this character named Evelyn Skinner, and she's in her 80s for most of the book, but at the start, we're in an earlier part of her life, and she just was such a fascinating character. She's got so much pluck, and she was so smart, and knew so much about art, and life, and people, and beauty, and I think that I just wanted to be her when I grow up. So she's my, my favourite recent female protagonist. It was too hard to narrow it down otherwise. It can be so difficult because I'm sure you two are fairly similar to me where you probably read a lot of, of female, um, well, you read a lot of books where the females are the lead protagonists in the story. And I think that you naturally gravitate towards some of those types of stories because you can, um, you can empathise a little bit more with the characters or potentially gain a little bit more through reading them. Um, the one that came to my mind that I'm going to share is the very first one that came to my mind and it has to be Mia Thermophilus from the Princess Diaries. <laughs> now the reason why I think is that like she doesn't have it all together, she makes mistakes but she's also like smart and funny and loyal and very responsible um, and I think just like an ultimate role model for me, like growing up and reading those books over and over and over again. Um, and I just can't forget her. Like I even love the name Mia for like a future daughter of mine because I just love that character so much. <laughs> I've actually never read those books, but I can understand from just the movie alone. Yeah. Anne Hathaway does a great job. <laughs> I, um, I reread 
the Princess Diaries uh, a couple of days before Christmas and just remembered all over again how amazing it is and how much I love that character. So I fully agree with you on that one there, Tegan. She's amazing. Yeah, my copies, I think at least the first three or no, it must be the first five books of, of them are laminated. Like I laminated them or like, like got the clear contact out and laminated them as a teenager. <laughs> Such a dork. <laughs> so both of you are here to talk about your bookstagram accounts as well as some female authors. So the token question I always ask my guests is describe your bookstagram feed. Sophie, you have been on the podcast before, but for those people who haven't heard about your bookstagram account, can you please describe your feed? Yeah, so my handle is at sophies.little.library. Um, I have a home library set up in my house, which is a really big feature of my bookstagram account. Um, I share book recommendations, reviews, the occasional book stack, um, challenges here and there when I can be bothered, um, and just general yeah, wine uh, book content and wine content as well. So I'm also a lover of wine. So um, whenever I find a bottle that I love in particular, I'll often share that as well. Um, but yeah, I just love having a space to share and chat about books. And for those of you who, have who are interested, Sophie did join me for an episode on season three of the podcast, all about the last migration. So that's season three, episode three. And she also shares um, a little story about how she ended up with her library. And I highly recommend you have a listen to that podcast episode so you can hear more about her um, library and how it came about. Sarah, what about you? Can you describe your bookstagram feed for me? So my handle is the.pages underscore um it's at, at the moment it's like a very half mixture of photos and reels and my reels have been a lot of like romance recommendations that people just go obsessed over um and my photos are usually very random i've got no theme happening because i just find it more fun to do whatever and they're usually challenges as well and reviews but a lot of my reviews are romance and fantasy at the moment because it's all i can really read i have no retention span for anything else right now um, but yeah, it's really fun. And I do some pretty funny reels, which tend to make a lot of people laugh, which is really fun to do as well. Congratulations on doing such a good job with your reels. They're, um, they're certainly very entertaining. So why did you create your bookstagram account, Sarah? Uh, it was actually like right before COVID hit, literally maybe two months. And Jacqueline and I were exchanging very late Christmas presents. And um, we we're like, oh, we should actually write reviews because we read a lot. Like it's a bit crazy. And I didn't even know this community existed. We just did it. And then literally within a couple of months, Jacqueline got a full-time job and I was not working because COVID hit. So I was literally not working for so many lockdowns that we had in that first year. Um, but yeah, we are just wanting to make reviews, not realizing there was literally so many people out there wanting to actually talk about books, which was really fun. Um, but it was literally just to write reviews. We didn't even realize that there was all these people out here. So it's really fun. COVID has really been a good win for the bookstagram community, I feel. <laughs> like so many people I talk to will say it's around the time of COVID starting um, that they actually created their bookstagram accounts for something to do. And it's a great little corner of the world. What about you, Sophie? Why did you create your bookstagram account? I just really love talking about books, <laughs> mostly. Um, I just really wanted a space where I could talk about my thoughts and and even share some of my own writing um and just talk with like-minded people that might have read a similar book and be really willing to delve into a, a bit of a deep dive on books that my um my friends and my 
family would just be like, okay, cool. So thanks for telling us about that. Um, but I just, I really wanted a space where I could kind of learn and grow and get new recommendations for books that were outside of what I was reading. Um, and yeah, it's, I, like Sarah said, I just I had no idea that this huge community existed and I'm so glad to be a part of it um, for so many reasons and I found yeah a, a lot through this space but one of them is the friendships that I've found through here I think and this is something that I, I hear people on Bookstream say often that they're surprised by these lasting real life friendships that have come from this amazing space that we've all found on the internet so um yeah, I mean, it really started as just a place to share my, my thoughts and, and my reviews and what I was reading. And it's turned into so much more than that. Very beautiful sentiments. And um, as Sophie was talking, Sarah and I were both sitting here nodding along because I'm sure that we feel the same way about the friendships that we've formed with people who uh, would have been total strangers otherwise, or we wouldn't have ever connected with because they live in different cities and towns or um, or even the next suburb over to you, <laughs> as I found with a few bookstagrammers as well. So Sophie, where did you come up with the name for your bookstagram account? I know this sounds a little bit obvious, but I like to ask people this question. <laughs> well, I, I actually didn't um, have my library in my house until about three or four months after I started my um, bookstagram account, but I knew that it was coming. So that was sort of my thought about it's going to be a little library. I'll, I'll make this whole bookstagram account out of that. And then the library ended up turning into this much bigger space than I even planned it to. So it feels a little bit funny now to call it a little library when I've got floor to ceiling shelves spanning a whole living area. But um, yeah, it really just started from what was at the time a couple of bookshelves that I considered my little library. And now it's just kind of too late to change it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Where did you come up with the name for your bookstagram account? I actually think Jacqueline thought of it and I don't know why we even thought of it though. It was just like something really short and sweet that we wanted and we didn't want it to be like Jacqueline and Sarah because it was just going to be too long. Um, but yeah, it was nothing really exciting. I think it just randomly thought of two words and no one had that handle yet. So we quickly took it. Luckily you did. <laughs> it works quite well in the bookstagram community, that's for sure. Hey book readers, we are Jess and Jess, real life book obsessed friends and the host of a weekly bookish podcast, Out of Five Stars. We're a couple of millennials living on opposite ends of the country in two very different states. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm over in the Pacific Northwest. Each week we bring you humorous, basic millennial content and we throw in a few book reviews as well. Join us for a virtual book club that doesn't involve any actual reading on your part. We read everything from YA fantasy, romance, mystery, really, we pick up almost everything once. That's right. Each week we sit down with a drink and we chat about the newest book we've read together and we dive into some of your bad reviews that we find on Goodreads. So sit back and pour yourself a glass of bourbon or maybe a bubble water and get ready for some spoilers. Each Wednesday we'll bring you new bookish episodes. Some books are going to be the newest bestsellers or just a blast from the literary past. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you hit the subscribe button to get notified when our new episodes are out. Don't forget to check our Instagram where we post our monthly reading schedule at out of five stars. And that's Outa with two T's. Happy, Happy reading. So we are going to play a bit of a roulette style episode today where I have imported a range of prompts that are all centered around female authors or um, works by female authors. So what's going to happen is I'm going to uh, spin the wheel and then whatever it lands on, we are going to share our answers for. 
Are you ready to play? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Let's spin the wheel. Okay, our first prompt is an anticipated 2022 release by a female author. Sophie, I'll let you go first. Uh, Holly Ringland is releasing a book this year. Um, the title has recently been revealed to be The Seven Skins of Evelyn Wilding. Um, I know very, very little about the actual book, but I loved her debut novel, The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. Um, so I have really high hopes for this one. I really, 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 really loved her first one. So I'm yeah, really looking forward to the next one. Which must be so much pressure, by the way. Second novels, so much pressure. Yeah, whenever I've heard authors chat about creating their second novel, they uh, they always seem to have a little bit of um, hesitancy about it or feel the pressure a lot more. Um, and one author I have heard talk about that is Beth O'Leary, uh, which segues beautifully into my book, which is The No Show uh, by Beth O'Leary. So uh, this will be her fourth novel. Um, this one in particular is about, sorry, I should have mentioned before as well. It's okay if there's a bit of a pause between our answers as we find it in our notes as well. I can, I can edit out pauses. <laughs> uh, so the no-show is about uh, three women who are total strangers to each other, but they only have one thing in common, that they've all been stood up on the same day um, on Valentine's Day. And of course, unbeknownst to them, they've actually all been stood up by the same man. So it sounds, uh, I think the movie is In Her Shoes, the one that also has like Cameron Diaz in it and a similar thing kind of happens to them uh, where it turns out to be the same man. But I just really like Beth O'Leary's work. Um, Sarah, you might feel the same way um, as a romance reader as well um, about it. But yeah, that's my most anticipated read by a female author for 2022. What about you, Sarah? What's your answer? Well, I am also very excited for that book. I cannot wait for it because she's amazing. Um, but the one I chose was A House of Sky and Breath, which is the second Crescent City book um, by Sarah J Mass. And I only just read the first Crescent City book. I only finished it like a couple of days ago. So luckily for me, I'm only waiting like a month, whereas a bunch of the girls in my buddy read literally read it when it came out. So they've been waiting two years for this next book. And um, they all reread it as well. And I honestly can't wait for it because I'm now hooked on this new series. I have to say, I, I haven't um, read that particular one, but it's, it, look, it's my own fault because I'm not a fantasy reader. What about you, Sophie? Have you read that one before, the Crescent City series? I actually it. bought it about, about two days ago. Um, it arrived on my Kmart order. It somehow snuck its way in there. I don't really know how that happened, but um, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited. I loved the Court of Thorns and Roses series. Um, I read the first Throne of Glass book and really liked it, but then didn't go any further for some reason. So I'm really ready to sink my teeth into a big, chunky fantasy novel. I love the way you describe it as chunky. <laughs> It's so chunky. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> All right, let's spin again, shall we? All righty. So our next one is a book by a debut female author. Sophie, I'll let you go first this time. Um, Rhiannon Wild. I read her debut novel, Henry Hamlet's Heart, last year um, and completely adored it. 
it's a queer romance set in 2008 with a group of year 12 students. Um, I think it's up in Queensland somewhere that it's set. I also, um, I also did year 12 in, in 2008. So I love the references to things that I remember from being that age at that time. Um, it was a really touching story and made my top 10 reads of last year. Um, and her second novel is coming out this year as well, I believe. So I'm very, very excited for that one. Very cool. I also graduated in 2008. Fun fact. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it's a great year to graduate. <laughs> yeah, great year to graduate. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? What is a book by a debut female author? This makes me seem so young. I graduated in 2015. <laughs> Um, but the book that I liked that was a debut was Ali Hazelwood's um, The Love Hypothesis. And she's got a new one and a few novellas coming out this year as well. But for a debut book, that was so good. That was a 10 out of 10 for me and one of my favourites from last year. I really enjoyed that one. My copy of this of that one finally arrived uh, last week um, and it's just sitting there patiently waiting for me. Um, I was jokingly saying on Bookstagram the other day to someone, so the Queensland government's like come out with a list of things to, to get to prepare for COVID. So things like um, a temperature and like Panadol, but I also really think they should list romance reads on there because it's what, it's exactly what I'm going to read when the Rona eventually gets me. <laughs> you literally said that to me. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> Definitely need the romance books though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, alrighty. Um, so mine would be, look, I've got two, I'm going to mention the first one, but I've talked about it a fair bit on the podcast this season already. And it's dial a for aunties by Jesse Satanto. If you haven't yet read it, fantastic. It's kind of almost a bit of a blend between a romance and a thriller and there's family drama and um, it's fantastic. And the sequel to that is also coming out this year. Uh, the other one I'm going to chat about though, which I haven't yet mentioned on the podcast, or I might have way back in season one as a book that I wanted to read, is The Girl in the Mirror by Rose Carlyle. It's a really fantastic thriller, uh, which follows the lives of two twins. Well, yeah, well, they're twins, so there's two of them. <laughs> and uh, essentially what plays out is they go on a boat trip together. Um, however, only one of them makes it back. And it keeps you guessing right until the very last sentence. So it's fantastically done. Um, and Rose is a debut author. I've heard her talk about her writing process as well um, on a few podcasts. And she herself has like a bit of a boating background or a, I don't know, a sailing background. <laughs> I think sailing's the right word. I don't know. I'm not into that. Um, but yeah, so she's actually has a fair bit of knowledge about what it's like to be out there on the ocean and you're the only person out there. Uh, so yeah, yeah, highly recommend that one. Have either of you read that one? I have. I loved it. It was great. It was so good. I haven't read it, but you're making me want to read it now. And I don't usually read like a thriller. So you're doing a very good job. Oh, very convincing. <laughs> All right, let's go again. This will be number three, I believe. And we have LGBTQI plus a female author. All right, Sarah, I'm going to let you go first this time. Uh, so the one that I really love is Casey McQuiz... I don't know how to say her name. McQuinston? Or Mc, I don't know if there's an N or not, but McQuiston. Um, she's written yeah, the... The way you said it the last time was right, I believe. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so she's got red, right, red, white, and royal blue, and one last stop. And she's got a new one, which is YA, coming out this year. And I absolutely adore her books. And I actually just want to read more and more and more. So I hope she just keeps writing them because she's so good. What about you, Sophie? So I've got two for this one. Um, Alan Van Nieuwen is the first one. They are an Aboriginal queer and non-binary author and editor. Um, Alan edited and collated the First Nations short story collection titled Flock. Um, I read that last year. It was incredible. Um, I really learned a lot while reading that. Um, and the second author I wanted to quickly mention is Sophie Gonzalez. She is an author of queer young adult novels. I'm not sure if she's queer herself. Um, and I tried very hard to research that today and there wasn't much that I could find, but she is doing amazing work in queer representation in young adult novels, particularly, um, really around bisexuality, internalized biphobia and bi-erasure. Her novel Perfect on Paper was so well done. I really can't wait to read more of her work. There's a couple of books that are just um, waiting for me to pick them up because I really, really, really love that one. Well, thank you for your recommendations. Let's go again. All right. And it is a book by a female author that changed your life. So, Sophie, I'm going to let you go first. There are a lot of books that have subtly changed the way that I live my life or have given me something to really think about. Um, but one notable one that I just couldn't go past was It's Been a Pleasure Noni Blake by Claire Christian. Um, I cannot tell you how much I love this book. I have pushed it on everyone. I will never, ever stop recommending it. It really inspired me to get out of my head and into my life. And as someone who really lives their life with anxiety, that was something that I think I really needed to push for. Um, it's just, it was so good to think about the importance of pleasure and joy in life and doing things that feel good when there's so much noise in our lives and so many hard things. And it's so tricky not to get bogged down in all of those hard moments. So Claire Christian's writing and her Instagram account actually, which is amazing. If you're not following her, you should be. Um, her writing really inspired me to change the way that I'm living my life. And what about you, Sarah? Well, I definitely agree with Sophie on that one because that book, 1000%, just makes you think about way to look after yourself. So I definitely agree on that one. Uh, but a book that changed my life, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but it's called The Private Series by Kate Bryan. It's like a YA, like kind of like Gossip Girl, but with lots of like with murder and like betrayal and I read that when I was maybe 14 or 13, I think. And I'll go to the library because they were really small books too. I went to the library every day after school, um, borrowed each one and then the, the sequel and then the, the prequel. So that series basically got me hooked on reading. Like I would, you know, hide under the blanket with a flashlight and read it when my mum walked past at night because that just got me absolutely hooked on reading. So I think if I hadn't read that series, I might not be reading as much as I did today. And I've probably reread that series like 10 times because I just kept borrowing it from the library. And I remember one of the books, I had like markings in the lamination from my, uh, my sharp nails. So I knew that one was always the one that I borrowed. Like it was just insane how much I love that series. And I've got them all today and I actually really want to reread them because it's been so long since I've read them and it's like the one series that got me absolutely hooked. 
I love, love, love how much books can bring up those memories, like how they just inspire those sorts of things in our, in our thoughts. That's very cool. Um, mine would have to be, I am Malala by Malala. And I'm now I'm going to, I'm practice saying the last name and I feel like I'm going to say it wrong again, but Malala Isafa. Oh, does anyone know how to pronounce it right? Cause I've just said it wrong again. <laughs> um, so she uh, was shot by the Taliban, um, on her way to school one day and she tells the story of her life living in Afghanistan underneath the Taliban rule and in particular what it was like being a young girl during that time and for me it just really resonated the importance of education and why that is such an important an important thing that we have in our in our life um, and in the lives of of other people throughout the world um, it also kind of like, it made me mad that a lot of kids in Australia take their education for granted or actually don't even care about it. Um, don't like coming to school um, when there are people who are literally fighting for the right to go to school and for an education. Um, and her, her father in particular was very inspiring as, as a person who was a teacher um, and having to, um, having to work under the conditions in which he had to work as well. And, uh, how he instilled those values of justice within Malala um, herself. So if you haven't read it, absolutely beautiful read and yeah, hi highly recommend it. It's certainly a book for everybody. All right. We are going to spin again. Um, Sarah, what do you hope is going to be spun up? What one do you really want to answer? The one that everyone should read. Oh, okay. What about you, Soph? What one would you like? Oh, maybe the award-winning author. I've got Ooh. some good ones for that. Okay, so let's let's spin it and see what happens. All right, it is a memoir by a female author. Uh, so I will go first uh, with this one. Um, I really enjoy reading like nonfiction, and I really enjoy reading memoirs. Um, in particular, Crying in Haymart is currently in my borrow box that I'm really eager to start. Uh, but the one that I would like to mention is Top End Girl by Miranda Tapsell. So Miranda Tapsell is a Indigenous Australian actor. Uh, she is on. Uh, she was on Love Child. It was probably the the series of hers that I really enjoyed. Um, she was also in the movie The Sapphires. Um, but she has a fantastic way of telling a brave and honest story about her experiences growing up in the Northern Territory, but also her experiences within the acting world and attending NIDA um, and performing uh, throughout like a theatre itself, but also on film and television. And then uh, creating her own work, uh, her own film called Top End Wedding um, around the same time that she was also getting married. Uh, she just like, she gave me a different perspective on the way that we like appreciate art and the different perspectives that art can actually create. Um, and also the idea of um, like really highlighting the importance of family and community, no matter what, 
uh, was something that was really integral and important. Um, and it also gave me this like little peek into the Australian film industry. And as someone who is a drama teacher and just really loves like lots of film and theatre, it was really cool to get that little inside peek into that through her memoir. Sophie, what's your answer? What's a memoir by a female author that you've enjoyed? This is one that I actually was really surprised that I had so many to narrow down. I, I don't feel that I read a lot of memoir, but apparently I do because I had about five I had to trim down. Um, but I decided to go with my most recent one, which was How We Love by Clementine Ford. Um, I finished that on audiobook last week. And if you are an audiobook listener, I highly recommend that you listen to this one. She narrates it herself and it is really fantastic. It was just such a tender and poignant memoir about love in all of its forms. Um, and there was a couple of parts that really just put me in a puddle of tears, particularly the parts when she talked about motherhood and what it means to become a mother and what you lose when you become a mother, but what you gain and, and how the, the love that you have for your child as a mother is so different to any kind of love because you know that it's a love that will that you want to end like you know that that your child is one day going to be moving away from you and that that's the aim um that was a really interesting thing to read about um and also the epilogue where she wrote a letter to little clementine the past version of herself her younger self that just well, pretty much destroyed me. I was just, I was in so many tears. It was just such a phenomenally written book. Um, I really, really highly recommend that one. What about you, Sarah? What would be your recommendation? I have not read a memoir, but the one that I've got, which I've had for literally a year and a half, I haven't even read it yet though, is The Space Between by the Shameless Girls, um, Michelle and Zara. But I haven't read it yet, so... I can't really recommend one, but I have heard it's really good, especially for girls in their 20s. So I do want to try and pick it up, but I might try and get the audiobook of it because I've heard the audiobook is really good of it. Yeah, I was going to recommend an audiobook as a way to get into memoir. And even I know you, you mentioned before we hit record on the podcast about not reading much nonfiction. For me, reading or listening to an audiobook that is a memoir or a nonfiction read is a much easier way for me to consume it. Okay, let's roll one more and see how we go. All right, awesome. So the one that has come up is an Indigenous female author. All right, Sarah, I'll let you start. Uh, the only one I could find, which I haven't read yet, but her name's Tiffany McDaniel and she wrote Betty. And she's Indigenous in America. So I think she, I think I read she was second generation, if I'm wrong. I can't remember. But I've heard it's an amazing book. And I think she used some of the history of her family as influence for the book as well, I believe. Um, it's just been a bit too sad for me to read right now because I'm not in the mood for a sad book. But I've literally only ever heard amazing things. And I do really want to get to it eventually. Thank you. What about you, Sophie? Uh, Curly Saunders, she wrote a verse novel titled Bindi, which came out in 2020. Um, it's an upper middle grade novel that follows the life um, of 11 year old Aboriginal girl Bindi, who is dealing with the devastating impact of bushfires, as well as her day to day life at school with her family and her friends. Um, it was a really powerful and valuable book, one that um, 
my mum actually lent to me from her school library and I sort of thought, oh, a verse novel for children. But when I opened it, I was like, oh, this is actually amazing. Um, and it's one that, yeah, I would really recommend for middle grade children and adults as well because I absolutely inhaled it. It was fabulous. Cool, thank you. I've actually been toying with the idea that I need to do a podcast that's based on children's books. <laughs> and um, I have it would so be... many recommendations for you, Tegan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would have to say out of uh, all the bookstagram accounts that I follow, you probably share the most uh, children's books on there. So maybe that's something we can look at for season five. <laughs> It'll just have to be me asking you questions and you answering them because I don't really have much to say other than like the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> I'm so sold on that. I've got so much to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Noted. (laughs) The only thing I can suggest about that is because I work at a bookstore, I can say what all the kids are actually buying because the amount of kids Ah. that come in to buy books, like it makes me so happy to see all the kids buying books at work. So I know which ones are, you know, the high selling ones. (laughs) It sounds like another um, collab between all three of us for an episode (laughs) for next season. (laughs) Uh, all right. So mine would be The Yield by Tara June Winch. Um, so if you haven't yet read this book, it essentially, um, it, ha- it sort of intertwines two storylines of uh, August. Um, and then, uh, so that's the present day storyline. And then um, Albert. And Albert is creating a dictionary of, of words that are Indigenous words. And I think the thing that stuck with me the most about this book is just how important our First Nations people's language actually is and how much of it has become lost. Um, it really highlighted for me the, the deep sense of spirituality between First Nations peoples and the connection to their earth and the words that they use um, to be able to describe that connection. Um, and then also the surprising thing that came out of it for me was the Christian connection to some of those, to some of that spirituality and the connection to God um, as well, which which I I was surprised by. It's not something I've really thought too much about why Christianity also can uh, connect to, to myth and connection to land. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a very beautiful and I think a very important read for all Australians. All right. So on that note, thank you so much for joining me on the bookstoring podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Tegan. It's been so great. Thanks for having me back. You're very welcome. And I'll see you season five. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. (laughs) And now a sweet treat just for you as you listen to the entire episode. Here is a little clip of what to expect in next week's podcast. So I think one of the most important questions to ask about this story is what did you think about the structure of the book? So in the fact that we see a switch in perspective from each of the women, but we also get a little scripted scene during interval, uh, which reads as if it's a play script, which is quite unique uh, within the story. So what did you think about it, Karen? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, although at face value, if you were like, if you were just start, just to describe the structure to me, um, probably something I wouldn't have wanted to pick up. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that when we're first introduced to each of the characters, each of the three characters, they aren't the most likable. So already 
box ticked for me, um, and who's inner worlds become more apparent as they're trying to leave leave their inner worlds behind for whatever reason, whether it's um, to watch the play or to escape their own lives. And, you know, it, that seems to, it, it seems to switch between the two from minute to minute. Um, so, I mean, I've half watched so many films and TV shows because my butt was present <laughs> and on the seat, but my mind was in a hundred other places. So um, this and the fact that they're all working women really spoke to me. You have been listening to the Bookstorian podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram at the Bookstorian podcast.